Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Our text for this day is 1 Kings chapter 3. Here again the part that reads, And Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in the place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. You may be seated. So what was your Christmas like? Did you get what you asked for and yearn with it? With childlike yearning? Did you enjoy ripping open the gifts with childlike abandonment? Did you enjoy your gifts with childhood glee? And if not, why? Were you disappointed? Were you restricted by adult restrictions? Or have you joined the world of adults? Today is the second Sunday of Christmas. During the 12 days of Christmas, we follow Jesus' childhood from his birth to the shepherds and the magi worshiping at his feet. The threat of King Herod the flight to Egypt, and now Jesus as a young boy in the temple. Jesus' childhood becomes our childhood, completely trusting in God our Father for every good thing. You see, Jesus' childhood points us back to the Old Testament, and today we are pointed back to Solomon, who has been crowned king. And yet when Solomon comes before the Lord, he describes himself as a child. For his responsibilities look too great. Asking for understanding to discern between good and evil to govern his people. Solomon describes himself as a child praying to his heavenly Father, trusting God that the Father will grant him wisdom. Solomon even shows wisdom in his prayer. Our text describes events moving in the right direction. Of all the high places in the land of Israel, Gibeon was considered the high place because there was the Lord's altar and the tabernacle. Then, what does Solomon do but move his worship to Jerusalem and there worship before the Lord where his ark is located, the place where God had appointed his name to dwell. Jerusalem was to be that one high place or it was to be the one place where God's name was to dwell. It was to be the place where the one who would be appointed to, stand, to sit on, God, on the throne of David forever. But David's son, Solomon, and those who came after thought they knew better than God's word, 
taking on the ways of the nations that were around them and of all the kings. I believe there were only three that would follow in the way of their father David. Jerusalem. And its people thought they knew better, mixing the worship of Yahweh with other gods, as if the other gods knew better than God's very word. They thought that they would be wise adults. But because of their unfaithfulness, what would become of the place where God had promised his name to dwell? What would become of the promise that David would have one who would sit on his throne forever? David's son and David's Lord, as Psalm 110 declares, who is he but Jesus Christ, the greater and the later son of David? He is the Lord in human flesh, now coming into Jerusalem. He is the fulfillment of the promise made to David and Jerusalem. Jesus is the greater Solomon. The Jerusalem temple, where the name of the Lord would dwell forever. Jesus had accomplished what David's descendants had failed. Jesus, our own brother, puts his ultimate trust in God, his heavenly Father. He has this childlike faith. And where do we find Jesus when he's 12 years old? Well, he's in the temple. You know, parents, you understand, don't you, what it's like to have a preteen in your house? And those teen years as you struggle with their growing up into adults, they want to be adults, and yet they are children. As trusting parents, we gradually hand over more and more responsibility to them, more and more freedom than we... <laughs> but sometimes they take more than we want to give. We see this with Mary and Jesus' adoptive father, Joseph. Those of you who are step-parents, you probably understand this all too well. His mother said of him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And Jesus said to them, Why are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? You know, if your son or daughter answered this way, how would you react? They think that Jesus is not acting like their child. Might we be stern, refuting our child's answer? And what does Luke record? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. Now, one might question, if we ourselves were 12, would we be this understanding of our parents, especially a stepfather? But we learn here that our Lord upholds the family and preserves parental authority. This is his act of obedience even to a human stepfather. How much more should children obey their parents as God has instructed in the fourth commandment being that 
trusting child. Nothing is spoken about Joseph's reaction that day. But Mary takes in all these things and ponders them in her heart. And it says, Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. This kid's going to turn out okay, isn't he? Even though we see this preteen tussle between Jesus and his parents, Jesus never loses his childlike trust in the Heavenly Father. Remember Gethsemane? As Jesus realizes that his crucifixion is coming near, and he prays to his Father, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And so Jesus is faithful and trusting of his Father, even to death. He trusts his Father will raise him from the dead with childlike faith and trust. When I was a child, I thought like a child. I was a child. I played like a child. And now, thanks to the adults, I've had to join the world of adults. And I am a poor. It is when we think like adults that our faith gets in trouble. For the Lord calls us to trust His Word, to trust the Word of our Heavenly Father, Solomon, he had the example of his earthly father, David, who pointed him to his heavenly father. But he was enticed by the world around him and thought he could be a better adult before God. He grew to a political adulthood rather than to trust God's word with childlike faith. We, too, are tempted to trust not to trust God's Word as the final authority. And as earthly children, we are called to honor our father and mother, yes, even when we consider them harsh and they severely disappoint us. Yet our Father directs us to His Word. As adults, we too honor our parents when they are in need, emotionally and physically. Oh, there are always tensions and priorities when we ourselves have a spouse and family. And so too, as parents, we must recognize that when our son or daughter is married, they have left our authority and have bound themselves to their spouse. In these ways, God is honored. Anything different becomes a small G God problem. 
that we are to confess and then to repent. Oh, and in repentance we may complain, I am not smart enough to handle the trouble I'm in. Lord, I have made a mess of my family and its relationships. And so we come again to the Lord's Word in James chapter 1. If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to them. But let him ask in faith, not doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. And after we have made our confession and our prayer, remember the gifts that we have as we heard in Ephesians chapter 1. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He, that is God the Father, lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of His will according to His purpose, which He set forth in Christ Jesus. Our Heavenly Father makes us wiser than we ever could be without Him. Jesus gives us His eternal and heavenly childhood. And a childhood cannot do anything but receive. To be gifted in God. Christmas is every day. He gives us His righteousness and He takes on our unrighteousness. He gives us His Father's will and it becomes ours. He gives us His Father's name so that we do not need to make a name for ourselves. He gives us His kingdom so that we do not have to build our own and we get to live in His kingdom now and forever. As human beings, we grow to be adults. But in God's kingdom, we grow to be children. Children who trust and grow in faithfulness to our Father. Under God's reign, we get to call Him our Father. And so this morning, I will have you turn your hymnal to page 323. Under the Lord's Prayer, 323. And there we have the introduction to the Lord's Prayer in the center where we say, Our Father who art in heaven, and together let us read, What does this mean? With these words, God tenderly invites us to believe that He is our true Father and that we are His true children so that with all boldness and confidence, we may ask him as dear children ask their dear father. And then if you would turn to 324 under the second petition where we ask, how does God's kingdom come together? God's kingdom comes when our heavenly father gives us his Holy Spirit so that by his grace we believe his holy word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. I am but a child, yes, but I am God's child. Amen.
the peace of God that passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen.